Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Russ Matera doesn't lie. I am Matt Spiegel, and I am uh, now co-hosting with the great Bruce Levine here on Inside the Clubhouse. Enjoyed first hour. I think it's all yeah. It's all uh, it's all downhill from here, or I, is it uphill? I appreciate you writing me a check for six hundred bucks to uh, be the co-host, and I threw w- in a great w- adjective. It was there a good negotiation. Too. I originally asked for a thousand. You uh, talked me down to that number, which worked out well for both of us. But uh-huh. in the meantime, we are pleased to have. One of your Chicago Cubs uh, bullpen men joining us on Inside the Clubhouse, Steve Ciszek, uh nice enough to join us on a Saturday morning, giving up some sleep time uh, to join us. Uh, it's been a, a, a tough run for you guys, Steve, especially getting proper rest. What is that like for the baseball athlete this time of year to feel like he has had enough rest? Forget about the what you have to do on the field, but just come into the ballpark feeling refreshed. Yeah, you know it's it's huge. It's and it's a huge part of the the recovery process for for us. You know, it, you know, one of the main things I've always been taught for recovery is you know crush calories and sleep. So, um, you know, this time of year it's really important. And um, you know, it's it's just been a tough go lately, just with all the travel and everything. But I think we're handling it you know as well as we can. 2012, 13, and 14, Steve Ciszek appeared in 68, 69, and 67 games. That's nothing. You're already at 72 right now this year, Steve. That's that's amazing. Um, do you feel any different than you've felt usually by this time of the year? Um, you know, not, I'm not too bad. You know, there's been a couple of games where I'm like, you know, whoa, you know, where did you know, I felt like I had more zip in my fastball. The ironic thing is, I feel like I've been throwing harder the past week and a half. Um, just, it, but there's not. It's, uh, I, I can't explain like what's kind of going on out there. Um, like I feel like the ball's coming out good, and uh, just need to make a couple adjustments. Um, but feeling wise, you know, I feel better than I thought I would. I, I think it's different for, for every pitcher, like what happens to their stuff when they're just a little bit tired. For you, is it velocity or is it the cut on the breaking stuff? What is it? I think it's just life um, on the fastball. You know, my slider will, will tend to go a little flat because um, I'm not able to get you know through it as much, um, and my fastball won't have that weight sink to it like it typically does. And you know, a lot of times, you know, earlier in the season, you get away with a lot of mistake pitches because you feel fresh. You know, at this time of year, I realize now I gotta be a little bit more sharp um, with my location, my pitches, because I might not have that zip that day. You know, every day is gonna be a little different, but. Um, you know, like I said, we're working on some adjustments and, uh, hopefully it'll pay off. Steve, uh, being the warrior that you are and the way that most bullpen guys have to be that survive as long as you have in the, the sport, how often will you go to Hickey? How often will you go to Lester Strode in the bullpen? How often will you go to Joe and say, you know what? Um, I know it's not a planned day off, but I can't go today. Uh, for me personally, um, I, I, that might have happened once or twice this year <laughs> where I was like really hanging and like I could really use the day, um, knowing like the rest of the guys were rested. 
Um, but I mean, I, I rarely do. The only thing I'll do, you know, when I know I'm tired, I still think, and I still, you know, in my mind, I, I think I can get guys out. Um, if they tell me I'm down, then a lot of times I won't argue. I think there was a couple of times this year too, though, where I was like, look, I, I'm good to go. Like I can pitch, like, you know, don't worry about it. So that was the other, one of those days was in Washington, this last outing. Um, I know our bullpen was, you know, pretty, pretty worn down just from all the travel and everything. And uh, I, I didn't think it was an option to take a day. So, um, you know, there's those conversations do happen. Uh, just for me, I don't really, I try not to ask for any days if I can. Well, w- taking that a step further, um, are there any days that you've gone out there and you've regretted it? Not the result, <laughs> but the fact <laughs> that you, the fact that you, not the result, but the fact yeah. that you just asked too much from yourself. Um, this year, I wouldn't say this year, no. Uh, and back in 16, for sure, when I was closing with the Mariners, I knew something was wrong with my hip, and uh, I kept trying to gut through it. Uh, my stuff just wasn't nearly the same. In fact, I had that epic <laughs> uh, blown save against the Cubs. Mm. Uh, some people, I'm sure, remember it. Right. And that was oh, that was pretty much the final straw for me. I pitched one more game after that, gave up another lead. Uh, I just had nothing in the tank. And sure enough, my hip was pretty messed up. And I wish I would have said something earlier because, you know, I feel like I cost us a couple games and that one, you know, hurt the most. But uh, overall, you know, you just got to realize, too, that when you're out there, you're a competitor. If you don't want to be out there, then you're not then you shouldn't be playing the sport. So yeah, that's a rough spot for a veteran who wants to be a good teammate and show up every time that he can. It's Steve Ciszek with us here on the score. Sometimes I forget, Steve, thanks for the reminder. That was you when Jason Hayward slides head first home after a John Lester bunt, right? This is, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a, one of the most memorable games of 2016 on a Sunday night. <laughs> for, I think for everyone involved, especially me, um, yeah, I was in the clubhouse at that point. I think yeah. it went extras. I remember, um, Man, who's the relief pitcher that caught the ball against the Ivy? Uh, uh, Travis uh, Wood. 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 It was, it was, Wood. It was a was Travis like, Wood game, yeah. And I'm, I'm watching this all unfold. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe this. Ha- what was going on. And uh couldn't believe that I gave up a three-run lead. I mean, it was just – it was a tough couple of days for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you learn from those things and uh, you just move on. You know, that game was so amazing that I think we called it the Madden game because of how many different people played left field. I think Strope was out there for a little bit and then Travis Wood. Um, But, you know, this this team in this clubhouse seems to stay loose at very difficult moments. And these past two days have been awkward situations. You guys have won the games, but... Have you noticed that a year guy has been on a bunch of different teams and different clubhouses? Have you noticed that this batch of folks that you have now joined is is kind of remarkably calm in tough moments? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's pretty incredible. You know, we we lose a tough one against Milwaukee, and we go to we, now we have to fly to DC to play a three or four o'clock game. You know, a not that we don't want to play baseball, but that's just a, a trip you don't want to make a one day trip to play a team like the nationals and um you know on a well it's supposed to be a day off where we really need <laughs> could have used a day off um and then you see rizzo wearing a full uni on the plane <laughs> and he said he slept in his uni. i mean it was beautiful like it's little things like that that make this team special um you know they've obviously won a world series you know in 16 they know what it takes to win and and you know it's a loose group so they want to make sure that we're still enjoying ourselves despite this tough run, but uh, 
you know, it, it also allows us to focus too, because you know, if we, you know, press too much, hit the panic button, then it's not going to work out for us. So they do a good job. We do a good job keeping it loose. Only on Inside the Clubhouse, you get the insight and the real baseball talk that we get from Steve Ciszek. He's Matt Spiegel. I'm Bruce Levine. We're here for you every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball Chicago style. Are you at a point where you know a teammate well enough, like uh, Carl Edwards, that you can talk to him about struggles, that you can talk to the other teammates about struggles, that you can uh, commiserate with things that you've gone through that you see them going through uh, as far as the mental side of the game? Yeah. For sure, um, you know, at this point in the season. I mean, I've, I feel like at the, if, when you're a new guy on the team, around the maybe just before the halfway mark of the season, you start, you know, feeling like you can, you know, have those relationships where you can talk about the, you know, the hard stuff of a baseball, you know, season. And we do have we do have a lot of those talks out there in the bullpen. As far as with Edwards goes, I'm not going to ask for any personal relating, but the idea that uh, you know mentally. When a guy comes into a game, how essential is it to be in the moment? Uh, when you've already been out there 50, 60 times, in your case, 72 times, and it becomes, um, it can become mundane at that point. Yeah, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, especially in my experience, is, um, you know, when, when you, like, you know, you're talking about Carl, he's had a great season, you know, let's not forget that. Right. Um, and for me too, like I, I, this has probably been one of my better seasons. Um, you know, lately it's been a struggle. So my goal is to not let, you know, what's happened lately, you know, kind of get in my head. I always, any, anything negative pops up, I just, you know, zap it right away. You know, sometimes I like to watch video of what I did earlier this season just to make sure I reinforce that, Hey, you know, you're, you're still fine. You know, there's nothing going on. Because if you let those little mental things get in your head, um, that's where things start snowballing, going downhill. And, you know, Carl has a really good, uh, well, he has a really good, you know, state of mind. He's in a really good state of mind right now. You know, when we were in D.C., we were chatting, and he's like, I just need to, I just need to have fun again. You know, this, this baseball should be fun. You know, I'm going out there, I'm going to have fun. And uh, I feel like he threw a lot better this last time out there. And, um, you know, he, that's just a, that's the mentality of the team. You know, it's it's, a, it's almost like we think it's a kid's game. You know, go out there and play like you were a kid. Enjoy it. And, you know, that makes the game so much easier. So he has the right approach for sure. Yeah, the mental challenge of this game is just is what makes it so compelling to talk about, to watch, to think about. Uh, Steve Ciszek grew up in Massachusetts. Have you allowed yourself at all, Steve, to imagine that Cubs-Red Sox World Series that some folks have been waiting for <laughs> their entire lives? Have you allowed yourself to to see that in your brain just for a moment? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't, um, especially with family and friends. You know, that's all they want to talk about, you know, <laughs> so it's impossible not to. Um, you know, obviously the Red Sox are having a pretty remarkable season, um, but uh, that that would be the goal, right, is to get to the World Series, and if it's against the Red Sox, it would be, I think everyone that loves baseball would die to see that. So um, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's been a perfect hundred years since they last met, and I covered that series. And uh, you know, back then there was only one deck in Wrigley Field, so they had to play the games at Comiskey Park on the south side. But it, it in you know, straightforward. Um, how challenging and how um, how much extra determination and extra you guys do you guys get out of um, 
winning these games when all these guys are down and, and, and guys like uh, De La Rosa and Garcia step up and, and man up and, and help you win a big ball game. Oh, man, that was huge. And it's fun to watch too. Those guys are solid veteran, just solid teammates. Um, we're glad to have them over here and they're over here for that reason, just to provide some um, veteran experience. You know, I'm pretty sure, um, Jaime's won. He's definitely won one World Series. I can't right. think of another one. But um, and De La Rosa has been in the World Series. I mean, they have playoff experience. They know how to handle the pressures, and um, just having them around has been a joy. Um, and I know Jaime personally, just from St. Louis. So um, you know, when I go out there, or when I see them go out there and, and deal and get the job done, um, you know, it's not surprising to me to be quite honest. But it's exciting to watch because those guys have some serious big league service time and you can learn a lot from them. Hey Steve, you have that special baseball uh, item that you've, uh, you've come up with. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about it and give us a website where they can go online and get it. Yeah. The uh, Lumberland Co. Uh, bat mug. You can just Google, Google search it and it pops up all over the place. It's Lumberland uh, company and you know, they uh, hollow out um, baseball bat barrels. Um, they personalize it for whatever you want. And they've come up with a whole new series of, bat mugs where you can get your favorite player um you know the, you can get their uh you know their nickname on it you can get your own bat mug with your name on it it's a great uh wedding gift and a groomsman gift and so on and um you know it's it's really been pretty popular this year they've actually had to expand um it's a small company my buddy started it out of his garage and next thing you know he's starting to get all these orders so it's it's been exciting for him i'm glad i'm able to help him out. And uh, I'm glad that you you asked me the question and appreciate it. Cause I'm sure he'll, he will appreciate yeah. me mentioning yeah, it. Give the, give the site one more time. Yeah. Lumberland, uh, lumberland.com. Yeah. L-U-M-B-E-R-L-E-N-D. I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now. Bruce didn't give me the heads up at all. These are, these are cool. Yeah, man. they are. Yeah. Do, Bruce, do you know anybody who can maybe get me a free one? Get uh, me like a demo? I don't know. I don't know. When I get to the ballpark today, I might work on that for you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Steve, uh, thanks. You thanks go. so much for taking some time out, especially, uh, you know, as worn out as you and your teammates are to take some time to join us in Inside the Clubhouse. Good luck to you guys, and we'll see you out at the ballpark, okay? All right, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks. Thank you. That's Steve, Steve Cishek. Cishek. Yeah. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know him a little great, bit this year. Great guy. You know, I mean, he's, uh, you know, some of these players, you know, you know, I'm, I've been doing it 40 years, Matt. You've been around a long time, too. You go into the clubhouse, and you have instant, you know, connection with the guy. He's such a great communicator. He's such a good guy. Mm-hmm. And what he's brought to the team, I, I believe, you know, as you wrap up the season and you look at the season as a whole, you know, there'll be a few MVP. There'll be a lot of MVP votes for Javier Baez. Certainly Rizzo in the second half has been huge. You know, Hamels, Lester has been the linchpin. But uh, when it boils down to it, Ciszek has been the MVP of this team as far as I'm concerned just because of the quality of eventually having gone out and pitched in half the team's games and done a sensational job doing it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It really 72 games. They've played 148 yeah. at this be, point. He'll be in at least 81 games. Yeah, and it's it's just remarkable. And I, I appreciated the insight as to what happens for him when it's just a little bit of life that comes off that ball and all of a sudden that fastball doesn't sink a little bit when he's a little tired and this, this slider doesn't cut, so you got to be extra careful. Can't afford to make a mistake with location. All right, so we're going to talk Sox, Cubs, Sox fans. You know, we're not ignoring you. This happens to be a heightened time for 
Cub baseball, but we are going to talk Sox baseball with you. We'll also talk to Marty Brenneman at the bottom of the hour about everything baseball. Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Cincinnati Reds since 1974 and not afraid of any topic when you bring it up. Not afraid of anything, Matt Speaker. No, he's a, he's, he's a made guy. He doesn't, he doesn't care what anybody thinks. This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. And Inside the Clubhouse is being brought to you by Respect Burgers. All natural frozen Respect Burgers are now available at your local Jewel Osco. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. It is Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Matt, Matt Spiegel. I, I work here. And I'm pleased now to work here every Saturday with you, Bruce, and then with Steve Rosenblum. I'm a part of the the Saturday suckage thing with Steve for the next, I don't know, what are we on? Nine and a half hours, I think, after this, starting at 11. This is the compelling time of the year where people are paying attention to every pitch and dissecting everything that's going on with their teams, whether it's Cubs or Sox. White Sox fans are looking at it a different mode uh, Praying for uh, a quick return to Michael Kopech, praying for the mm. Eloy Jimenez era to begin, mm-hmm. uh, hoping that some of these other eras stop uh, because <laughs> of the fact that some, uh, with all due respect, some nondescript players on the Chicago White Sox will be uh, footnotes in their history, much like some of the guys uh, like the Cubs were back in the 12, 13, and 14 era of, you know, can we just ignore these years while we get on to being a championship caliber team again? There was a period in August, Bruce, where all of a sudden I looked down and I realized, oh, my God, the White Sox are really interesting. When Kopech had gotten here and it was Kopech and Lopez and Giolito, you had young pitchers almost, you know, and then Rodon, you got four out of five right. pitchers who are worth watching. And Moncada still getting his shot and some of these other guys. And there's still some things here to watch with the shortstop, Rondon, who's now who's now up and has a tremendous amount of power and where they're going to play him and how they're going to work all that. They'll have to figure it out. But yeah, Kopech is a huge buzzkill. Um, the only thing that works in the favor of that situation a, a tiny bit is the organizational timing, whereas he can take the year off as he has to and recover. And yeah. theoretically, when he comes back in 2020, it should be a team on the come that but, he can step back into. But Matt, my friend Brooks Boyer, the vice president uh, and uh, marketing director of the Chicago White Sox, he had so much to be able to build on as far as marketing and ticket sales going toward next year with Kopech as your poster child with Mm -hmm. Jimenez on the come. You can't really advertise Jimenez being on the team at the beginning of the year. He won't be. Now you have Kopech who's going to be out for a year. Mm. Um, Should, should uh, Brooks get a raise or just a, you know, spin at this moment? Yeah. It's going to be an awkward, awkward preseason. It's it's really tough. And the White Sox, you know, Promote and do things as well as anybody in sports as far as uh, getting people out there, giveaways, uh, the promotion of different ethnic nights that they put out there, although uh, Jewish Heritage Night is not one of them yet. I've uh, been pushing for that for a long time. I'm the only one, but uh, nonetheless. Most nights, most nights in this town uh, and in this business are They, they do a night. sensational job yet, uh, you know, with, with the team on the field um, – White Sox fans are savvy to, you know, 
show me what you got and then I'll come out to the ballpark. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think it's been there's been a bunch of good moments in this rebuild or oh, down in the second half of the year where you felt like maybe things have taken a turn. But uh, the Kopech injury is certainly a buzzkill. You'll see Eloy by, oh, by what? By April 15, something like that. It's going to be the same kind of Bryant uh Brian timetable still has work to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Norm on the north side on six seventy. The score. What do you say, Norm? How are you? Well, I'm doing good, guys. Uh, uh, Bruce, I have a question for you. I, you know, I just was listening to your last. You, you can ask Matt too. You know, he's 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 on top yeah. of it. It's all right. Well, the question is, Bruce. I, I really believe that the White Sox and in, in the winter time this year should go after a, a, a top-notch hitter. Yep. I don't know if it's a DH or, or, or uh, maybe a third baseman if they're available. Uh, yep. And a starting yep. pitcher, just to get the fan interest. I got the two guys mm-hmm. for you. It's on my list. Mm-hmm. The fan they're interest called, free agent. They're called signing. Machado and Kershaw. There you go. I agree with you. But <laughs> that ain't going to happen because they don't have the money. But They, they might have the, they have the money for one. Well, which one would you rather sign? I'd rather have Machado. So would I. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate your call. Thanks, Norm. You know, this is, is this the offseason to strike? They have been stockpiling some money. And when the timing is right, you add the big time free agent, just like John Lester was added at the right time for the Cubs, etc. Is this the time to strike be simply because the market is so full of these guys this particular offseason? What made the Cubs go in 2014? You hired Joe Madden. Okay, that's huge. That's not enough. The John Lester signing turned the corner for the Chicago Cubs. It gave notice to everybody out there, we are going for a championship. We are going for the best players. The best player, the best pitcher available decided to join us. We're moving forward. That type of statement for the Chicago White Sox with a Manny Machado would go even further as far as 27 years old. Uh, under control for 10 years, a third baseman, a guy uh, that is a crossover guy with a great teammate. Uh, Span- he speaks uh, fluent English, Spanish. Uh, this is the perfect player for any team, hmm. let alone the Chicago White Sox. But for their rebuild and for saying, hey, we're here and we're going to build around him and Eloy and our middle infielders and our young pitchers, that would be a huge statement for the White Sox. And I I really have uh, no doubt that they're going to go after a player like this in the offseason. Hmm. The bottom of the hour is being brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and Chicago's Big Ten team return to Ryan Field today when they host Akron at 6.30 p.m. Season and single-game tickets on sale at nusports.com. We are pleased to join Hall of Fame broadcaster, our friend Marty Brenneman, Coming on to our show, Matt, uh, to join us for a little baseball conversation. Marty, thanks for taking some time out this afternoon. Uh, my pleasure, Bruce. Thank you. It's it's great to have you on. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start you out with conversations about where baseball is at now, and in particular, something that I'm uh, I'm a little uh, upset about, and I don't know how to solve it. So I come to my friend Marty Brenneman to help me solve the dilemma of defensive shifts and how it impacts the game and how we can possibly get around it to get back to baseball the way it might be. Well, I think you and I on the opposite side of the fence here, Bruce, okay. I hear so much about legislating it out of the game. And I think that's ridiculous. I mean, 
uh, it's very simple. Uh, a hitter has a choice. He can try to hit it into the teeth of the shift, or he can be smart, which damn few of them aren't, or damn few of them are, right. and that is to hit the ball the other way. Um, I, I, I see so many changes in this game, all of which I'm not a big fan of, and I think to legislate the shift out of the game is the wrong thing to do. Right. I mean, a, a hitter has the option. Uh, Ted Williams, uh, who in my estimation is the greatest hitter who ever stepped on a baseball field, uh, refused to go the other way. Uh, and and uh, but but there was only one Ted Williams. He hit the ball yeah, into the right. shift all the time right. and, and did it successfully. Uh, I see a guy like Matt Adams with the Cardinals who will hit the ball the other way every opportunity he gets until the defenses start playing him a bit more honestly. So, you know, I, I don't I don't have a problem with it because I think the ball is in the player court when he steps to the plate to hit and sees him shift to the left side of the infield or to the right side of the infield. He can be stubborn and try and beat the shift or he can go the other way. And if he goes away the other way enough times, now they're going to start him to play a bit more honestly. Marty, my only contention with the shift, and I agree with you, you know, defenses are defenses. They've always shifted. They went back to Ted Williams, you know, Boudreaux and the shift with the Indians back yeah. in the late 40s. But uh, to have a, to have a fielder be able to play short right field and throw guys out on natural hits, that that kind of bugs me. I mean, it kind of bugs me that those are base hits, and because the guy doesn't have foot speed, uh, he he doesn't beat it out. That's That's my contention maybe with the idea that uh, the shifts are just a little bit too uh, exaggerated. Well, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see down the road what the commissioner does about it, if anything. I know there's a hue and cry among a lot of people about doing something with it. The, the radicals are saying abolish it through legislation completely. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. No, um, gonna... but, but maybe there's a way to do it that, that would make it a bit more fair. But again... You're giving you're giving the um, you're giving the benefit to the hitter, uh, and, and and essentially what you're doing is giving the benefit to the hitter and taking it away from the pitcher and the defense playing behind him. True, hit them where they ain't is the way that the game has always been talked about. Uh, and you know what? What's interesting, Marty, is that the stubbornness, the legendary stubbornness of Ted Williams against that shift. Um, is what front offices tell these guys to do for the most part. Like they're told, no, we'd rather you just be yourself and maybe hit it in the air and hit it out, hit it, hit a home run. It's like, I think there is a divide here sometimes among managers and even players who would like to go the opposite way and front offices who are telling these guys, no, it's okay. Just keep doing you and try to launch it over the defense. Well, then the front offices are stupid. (laughs) Um, uh, Once again, we get that eventually, all these conversations will get back to the A word, and that's analytics, uh, which I'm also not a damn big fan of. Um, I realize it's a part of the game, but you know when you've been around for four and a half decades like I have, if you're not an old school guy, then you miss something uh, along the way. And um, uh, I think we've gotten to the point now where it's, it's acceptable, it's encouraged to hit home runs and, and commensurate with that, strike out a lot. And that's the aspect of this game I don't like anymore. Speed is almost non-existent now. The stolen base is becoming as extinct as a dinosaur. Hitting runs out. All of that is gone uh, or or is in the process of of leaving us. And and, uh, I don't like the game today like I liked it back in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s. Um, And and every time they make uh, 
they they make a point of changing something uh, for my for my estimation that's for the worse, not for the good. Um, and I don't think that's going to stop. Uh, again, it's all born out of analytics, encouraging guys to get home runs and striking out. And um, I, I just don't. It's it's not as beautiful a game as it was back in the uh, prior to my coming back in the '60s and the '50s, and and then. Fast forward to the 70s and 80s and 90s. It's simply not the same game. Anymore. You know what's interesting is that, Bruce, we know that Marty, his take on analytics is going to anger some of the numbers people out there, and we'll hear from them via text and things like that. But I want them to think about and realize that, you know, underneath the, uh, the, the opinionated uh, thoughts here lies a truth that the numbers people agree with, that the game just because it's the right way to play the game mathematically doesn't mean you have the most entertaining brand of game. I've talked to numbers guys, Joe Sheehan, other guys, John Bookshambi, who are like, man, there's too few balls in play, Marty. Like, this yes. is a problem. The, the game is now being strategized by people who are doing perhaps the smartest mathematic thing, but it is not the best thing for our aesthetic pleasure. That's, that's just the truth. Well, as far as the analytics are concerned, I understand that there's there there is a place for it, and I would fight for the right for those people to maintain that position in the game. I talked to a very successful general manager last year uh, and said, on a scale of one to one hundred percent, where would the break come? How much percentage would you give to one as opposed to the other? The uh, one is being scouting mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to analytics, or, or along with analytics. He said, I get 65% scouting and 35% analytics. But I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. I tell analytics people all the time, if you people ever take over <laughs> and you will all but eliminate scouting, a I, guy like Jose Altuve doesn't have a chance in hell right. of playing in the big leagues because yeah. the one thing you people can't do is tell me what's between a guy's ears what's inside his chest, and to be right crass about it, what's between his damn legs. You can't tell me that. Nope. And so there are going to be a number of players who will never have an opportunity to play in the big leagues because with you people, it's all about numbers. Right. And the other part of that is that all of them look down on you like you're damn stupid. If you don't buy into what they're selling, then you're a dumbass. Well, see, that's, <laughs> that's a problem. It, it, that, that shouldn't be the way. But it, but you're doing the same thing now, you realize, here, Marty. You're responding you know, to that I, Well, I, but I'm outspoken about it. Yeah. They, they try to cloak their approach and, 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 and their ability or inability, as the case might be, to convince you that their side is right by talking down to you. Well, um, uh, nobody's going to talk down to me and expect to have my attention for any more than 15 seconds. Uh, I think I'm a reasonably intelligent guy. I'm a well-read guy. And so talk to me on the same level, but don't talk down to me. Marty Brenneman, the Hall of Fame broadcaster, nice uh, enough to spend a few moments with us on the air. And Marty, let's take it a step further. And, and I'll take it a step further. Owners look for general managers who can explain the game to them in a way where they can understand it. They can understand numbers. They're all successful in other businesses, having dealt with numbers their whole lives. The new wave of general managers are analytics specialists. They can explain the numbers to the owners. Therefore, you have a genre of new general managers who only uh, stick to this and have their support of their their owners 
for long periods of time, especially when you talk about rebuilds and taking seven-year plans and and getting uh, you know the experience that these general managers need to make up for the fact that they are analytics people and not scouting people. The smart ones eventually understand scouting is still a huge part of the game. Well, I hope it continues that way, Bruce. Um, you know, you and I go back a long ways, and and we've certainly been away, around far longer than anybody ever dreamed that the, the analytics uh, aspect would become so prominent in this game when it was pretty much scouting and guys that gave their lives to the game and, and went out for not a hell of a lot of money to, to try and determine whether or not Joe Smith can play or he can't play and the reasons why. Right. Um, if there's a balance, if there's a happy balance, and I've got to believe there are clubs that, 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 that have that yes. workable balance, and, and, and they're going to be successful. I, I think Houston probably, although I don't know that their scouting system is very good now, uh, since the coming of Jeff Lunau when he left the Cardinals. I don't know, but whatever he's doing, he's doing right. Yep. Um, and um, drafting and, and bringing players into the fold. And and so, I, you know, he's a guy I would love to sit down with one day and talk and tell me how important scouting is or how unimportant it is, whatever the case might be. The as Cubs believe analytics. in scouting, Marty. Yeah, and the Cubs absolutely do. Um, to your point, Marty, that the blend is the whole thing. And and the Red Sox did under Theo Epstein, too. Like, Theo and those guys had this rep as just numbers wonks, right? Makeup is a huge part of what they look at. And you asked Jason McLeod, the director of scouting, when do you learn the most about a player? And he says, in the living room. When he's talking to these guys, trying to figure out, do they get along with their parents? Are they going to follow rules? What kind of person are they going to be in five years when they're dealing with a 162 game season on the big league level and sometimes things suck so the best ones do indeed have a blend well that's a good thing and then if there are those that don't uh take the same approach they need to sit down and and talk with people in those organizations like the cubs and the red sox and and some of the other ones that do uh make it a point uh, to to try and get inside a young man's head and find out what kind of person he is, because I think that's all important and will be as important 25 years from now as it was back in the 40s and 50s and on up. Marty, in closing with you, uh, we're all Jim Riggleman fans as a person, as a baseball guy, just as an organization expert. Um, talking to Riggs, uh, he's going to have to wait on the sideline a little bit in the offseason to find out whether or not uh, they interview enough other people before they can decide on him. What's your take on Riggs and his chances of coming back as a manager of the Reds? Well, i tell you what, Bruce, and I told this to somebody the other day. The mark of a person is those who have crossed paths with him professionally, in our case, in other organizations, and how many people like yourself, who unprompted have come up to me and say, hey, you know, what's going on? We sure as heck hope that uh, come 2019, he's still manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I've not had one person say anything otherwise. So I I know what the other organizations that he has worked in think of him, and and I know what I think of him. I, uh, I, I I will be disappointed if he's not back managing this club. And I've said on the radio a number of times, he's instilled a level of discipline on this club that we as an organization have not seen since Davey Johnson managed the Reds back in the mid-90s. We've had, with God bless all the guys that have managed, but all those guys since Davey Johnson have essentially been player managers. And and, and for want of a better term, kiss their butts and make alibis, excuses for them and 
and cover for them. And Jim's not like that. And and I, I think that there probably are players on our club that, that don't think highly of him because he's dealt with them in a manner that no other manager has ever dealt with them like that. Yeah, honest. Um, honest I think firm. they're making a mistake if they don't may bring him back in 2019. How about Marty Brenneman? You're, you're year to year these days. You're coming back next year. Somebody's got to deal with those analytics people and keep them from taking over, Marty. That in my stage, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm going day to day. I'm not going year to year. I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm going to work next year. Uh, beyond that, I don't know. Marty, don't know. Uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us on the show. You always make us smarter, more interesting, more compelling, and more importantly, you're such a good friend over all these years. Thank you so much. Well, I feel the same way about you, Bruce. Anytime you and Matt want to have me on, just give me a call. Appreciate it. Marty Thanks, Brenneman, right. the Hall of Fame broadcaster of Cincinnati Reds, and more importantly, a voice that cannot be denied in the game of baseball. I, I, if you I, want to voice a reason, whether you agree with him or not, He's going to give you a really good reason why he thinks his way. He's going to give you a strong conversation. He's going to listen to an intelligent response from you. He did. And he's going to disagree. Yes. He's a, he's a made guy. Marty doesn't give a crap about nothing. He'll go ahead and tell you his thoughts and, on the universe. And, and, and what a great broadcaster. It's 670 the score. It's Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine on Inside the Clubhouse. That was fun. The bottom of the hour, by the way, was brought to you by Lakeside Bank. Tired of your big bank not listening? Talk to Lakeside Bank. They listen. They actually help the average guy. And Lakeside is just the right size to get anything you need done. Join Lakeside Bank. It's about time. We'll be right back on the score. The Chicago Blackhawks hit the ice at the United Center this fall with an exciting original six matchup as they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday, October 7th. Great seats are still available for the home opener and all season long. Come see Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, and Brent Seabrook with rising stars like Alex DeBrinkett and Nick Schmaltz. Visit ChicagoBlackhawks.com, pick out your favorite games, and purchase tickets to see your Blackhawks play now. It's inside the clubhouse. I'm Matt Spiegel, but he is Bruce Levine. Take some phone calls here, Bruce. See what's going on. I guess with these I, just te- I just sent out a uh, a tweet saying that you and I haven't had a fist fight yet, and that we're going to continue to enjoy talking baseball every Saturday. Every Saturday, I, except next Saturday. Like, I, well, now we're going to have a fist fight. Uh, well, you know, I just—it's like oh, Spiegel's, one, one week wonder. Spiegel's taking his second week off, huh? Well, you know, it is—it's tough doing this show, and you. <laughs> It's you know, grind. It's it's, it's kind of like it's kind of <laughs> like the Cub bullpen. You you get a little bit worn out. Speaks. Let's uh, let's finish up the show by taking some calls. All right. Let's go to George in Old Town on six seventy. The score. What do you say, George? I love the inside the clubhouse show, Bruce. You guys are a great team. Um, I have a couple thoughts with a question. Uh, I, the fact that that Strope went out and, and Madden made the mistake. I don't buy it. I mean, this guy gets all his power from his from his legs if it was going to go out it was going to go out now if we're going to if we're going to criticize madden over that don't we need to look at he made the right decision with uh, de la rosa he made the right decision with with jaime he made another right decision my question is this there must be some executive summary that Thiel and his team madden is like the jerry garcia of the grateful dead but the executive team is unbelievable with Thiel. they must have some game plan that he sees and then decides what to do. So it's a collective decision. Is it not Bruce? Well, there's a, there's a, there's first and foremost, you have people that have been successful elsewhere. 
more importantly, they understand the makeup of the individuals. They don't bring in bad guys. If there are any, if there is Matt any semblance of a bad guy in a guy, he is controlled uh, for the short or long time that he is there. Okay, there have been guys with questionable makeup that have come into the Cubs organization that have stayed there for a period of time or a shorter period of time and have been controlled with the uh, love and professionalism that's mm-hmm. in that clubhouse. I, I, you know, we can expound on this sometime when we have a little more time, Bruce. I've had conversations with those guys uh, about managers and how they feel about managers. And the first answer to your question, George, is no. Once they're in the games, that's the manager's job. Nobody's in his, right. nobody's in his earpiece. And, yes, he's armed with everything, but he's allowed to but, do whatever he wants. Matt, the philosophy of who you bring in, what they've done before, what type of individuals you have is never lost in Epstein and Hoyer. They, For sure, they're on top of it. But 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 in the end, it's it's going to be right. the decision of the guy in the dugout as to when he does it and how he gets people ready and everything like that. But I can also tell you, Bruce, and I think you know this, they don't believe that managerial decisions is the biggest part of the manager's job. He's an atmosphere provider. Right? What? That, that's what he's supposed to do. That's number one on the list and dealing with the media and, and all that it, stuff. Well, it's a big part of, of managing in this day and age. And if you're going to be successful, that's a huge part of it. The other part is you bring in a Chapman, you bring in Murphy. They talk about their problems with that they've had out there before. And they deal with it and they move on. That's the key to the transparency of the Cubs organization. Matt, we have people to thank today, starting with Zach Withers, our great producer. We had uh, Jim Deshays from Cub Television. Steve Ciszek of the Cubs joined us. And, of course, the great Marty Brenneman. Uh, Matt, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write every day on Cubs and Sox on on 670thescore.com. Been a pleasure. See you in two weeks. Enjoy the suckage with Steve Rosenblum coming up. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 